Hello, and welcome to the Dance Physio Podcast, a podcast designed to explore ideas and foster discussion around dancer health and wellness. We're here to challenge the status quo, bridge the gap between dance science and the studio, and help change the landscape of the dance industry for the better. I'm your host, Erica Mayo a dancer turned physiotherapist who is deeply passionate about leaving the dance world better than I found it. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dance Physio Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we are going to dive into part three of our mini-series on flexibility for dancers, and this episode is all about the nervous system and how it affects our mobility and how we can use it to influence mobility within dancers. So if you have not listened to the first episode in this little mini-series, the one all about flexibility versus mobility, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because that's really going to give you some background information about why the nervous system is so important when we are talking about mobility. So just a super quick recap of that. If we remember the difference between flexibility and mobility, when we are talking about flexibility, we are talking primarily just about muscles and their ability to stretch and contract. And when we're talking about mobility, we're talking about a multi-system element. And so we have the muscles that are part of our mobility, but we also have the connective tissues. And we talked a little bit more about that in the last episode on overstretching and why stretching out those connective tissues can be problematic long-term in terms of injury risk. And then the third part of mobility is the nervous system, and that's what we're going to dive into today. So we have to remember that mobility is multi-system and encompasses the muscles, but also the connective tissue and the nervous system. And I think in the dance world, we're obviously fairly familiar with flexibility, and there's a lot of emphasis on it, and I think we understand the muscle aspect of it fairly well, well, as well as we can. There is actually still some debate within the literature about how we actually gain flexibility within muscles. But as a whole, the dance industry, I think, focuses a lot on the muscular aspect of flexibility. But when we're talking about mobility, and especially this nervous system component of mobility, I think there's a lot less awareness and less understanding of how this can impact our overall mobility in dancers. And if our ultimate goal is to increase the amount of movement that people can produce, so going through larger ranges of motion or sort of quote unquote being more flexible, we need to make sure that we are including this nervous system part of things and not ignoring it because it is a huge contributor to our overall mobility. So in order for us to understand how it affects our mobility, we need to understand just a little bit about the sort of the structure and the role of the nervous system. So this can get quite complicated, especially if we kind of dive into a really deep anatomical level. And I'm going to do my best to keep this kind of a little bit more of a general overview and make it as understandable as possible. But like I said, it is like a little bit complicated if we dive into it at its deepest levels. 
So in terms of understanding kind of the structure and the role of the nervous system, the easiest way to think about the nervous system is basically as the body's command center. Some people refer to it kind of as like the motherboard. I like to think of it as like the command center. So the nervous system controls pretty much all functions within our body. Our nervous system controls our thoughts, it controls our emotions, it controls automatic responses to things. So I mean all the automatic functions within our body like breathing and heart rate and things that we don't even think about. It controls automatic responses. Um, You know, if you touch like a hot element on the stove and you immediately pull your hand away without it even registering that it was hot or faster than it registers. So those automatic responses to things, all of that is controlled by the nervous system. And the other thing that the nervous system controls is all of the movement within our body. So the nervous system sends signals from the central part of the nervous system. So that's our brain and our spinal cord. It sends electrical signals out into the more peripheral parts of our body. So our joints, our muscles, things like that. And it is what tells our body to move. And we can consciously think about that. Like I can sort of look at my hand and, you know, consciously think, okay, I'm going to bend my finger and I can make that happen. But those movements also happen unconsciously when we're doing certain movements like walking and things like that. We're not having to think about putting one foot in front of the other. Our brain is wired to know that, okay, we're walking, we're going to get from point A to point B. And it is the nervous system that is controlling that. And like I said, it's quite a complicated feedback system. And we have sort of motor pathways and sensory pathways. And I'm not going to get into all of those details right now. But it's just important to understand and know that our nervous system controls all of the movement in our body, some of it on a more conscious level, and some of it on a more unconscious level. So that's, like I said, a very, very broad overview of kind of a little bit of the structure of the nervous system. In terms of its function, our nervous system's primary job is to keep us alive. That is literally its number one job. And like I said, it controls all those automatic responses like heart rate and breathing rate and things like that. And its number one job is to keep us alive. The nervous system is wired for survival because its number one job is to keep us alive. And it's also wired for safety. So our nervous system always wants to feel safe because if it feels safe, that is how it's going to fulfill its primary job of keeping us alive. And this becomes really, really important when we sort of think about how this affects our mobility and how it affects some of the functions within our body because the nervous system is always going to default to safety and to keeping us alive, but especially these feelings of safety within the nervous system. And if the nervous system does not feel safe, it is going to do things to try and create safety within the system. So when we talk about kind of compensations or like sometimes people call them like cheat patterns or things like that, I don't really like that terminology. But if we look at sort of movement quality compensations or things like that, 
oftentimes those are happening because the body is trying to find a way to create feelings of safety within it. So these are things that are happening unconsciously. We're not consciously thinking like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, use a compensation pattern when I'm doing certain movements or whatever. But the body is naturally doing that as a way to sort of create safety or create feelings of safety within the body. So if we are asking the body to do certain movements or certain movement patterns, we need to make sure that the body is feeling safe first and foremost. And we'll get into that a little bit more um, later, but also in the next episode where we're going to talk more about kind of active mobility. So if the nervous system is not feeling safe, like I said, compensations are one of the things that we sort of will see happen, but the nervous system is going to sort of do anything in its power to try and create that safety. And because the nervous system controls movement, limiting movement, or in our case, when we're talking about flexibility, limiting mobility is one of the easiest ways for the nervous system to create safety. So like I said, we'll see some compensation patterns sometimes in certain movements. But when we're thinking about just mobility or thinking about just flexibility, the number one thing we will see if the nervous system isn't feeling safe is that we'll see these limitations in mobility. And this can present in different ways, but one of the common things that we'll see is dancers who, and this is a really, really common story that I hear in the clinic or I see coming in through the clinic, is dancers who are really, really, really working hard to try and improve their mobility. And they come in and they're like, my teacher told me I need to stretch more and I need to stretch every day at home. And so they're working really hard on their flexibility and they're doing all of these stretches and they're really diligent about it and they're doing it every day. And they actually feel like they, well, either are not making any progress, but in a lot of cases, when you actually start to ask them questions and dig into it, they'll actually report that they're starting to feel less flexible or they're seeing a decline in the amount of mobility that they have available. And this we hear from teachers all the time too, where they're like, you know, I can't figure out what's going on. We've really been focusing on like mobility or stretching or what have you. And I feel like my dancers are getting tighter and they're just tighter and tighter and tighter. And one of the reasons that that can be happening is if the nervous system is not feeling safe with the type of exercise, and in this case, it's probably stretching if you're looking at like increasing flexibility. If the nervous system does not feel safe with that type of mobility or flexibility, it is going to try and create safety by limiting that and by limiting the mobility available. And so if that is the case within your dancers, we need to go back and look at, okay, what are some other ways that we can create safety within the nervous system to actually allow these improvements in mobility? And as I've kind of alluded to in some of the previous episodes and earlier in this episode, one of the easiest ways to do that is to really focus on active mobility as opposed to a lot of passive stretching. So we're going to talk about that lots in the next episode, and that's going to be entirely on active mobility. But that's just something to keep in the back of your mind, because that's not the only way to create safety within the nervous system. So 
if we go back and think a little bit more about the kind of structure or the function of the nervous system, there's different branches within our nervous system. And again, I'm not going to get super into the details of this, but a lot of people have probably heard about the difference between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. And you might not have heard of those terms Exactly. And some people have, they kind of are floating around right now. They're a little bit, especially the parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system is a little bit of a buzz term right now. So sometimes you'll see lots about it on like social media and stuff like that. But a lot of people have heard of these two systems with regards to sort of their more common name. So our sympathetic nervous system is what we often refer to as the fight or flight system. And then our parasympathetic nervous system is that sort of like rest and digest or rest and relax or what have you. And so those two branches of the nervous system are constantly working within our body, but we can get into states where the sympathetic or the parasympathetic nervous system can become kind of more heightened in various situations. And what we often see is that dancers are often in a little bit of a sympathetic nervous system state. And so this is that fight or flight state. And this makes sense if we think about dancers in a competition setting or going on stage or maybe going into an exam or something like that, we are going to get into a little bit of that fight or flight state. And if this is a temporary state because it's a direct result of the stimulus that's about to happen, like going on stage at a competition, this is probably an appropriate place for the body to be. And there's a lot of automatic responses that happen within the body when we get into this sympathetic state. So we'll see changes in breathing rate and changes in heart rate and changes in blood flow patterns and things like that. And like I said, depending on the situation, this might be appropriate. But what we're seeing more and more is that not even just dancers, people in general are often in a bit of a heightened sympathetic state all the time. And so this can be due to stresses in life, um, all sorts of things. I mean, we saw a lot of this during the pandemic when there was just so much uncertainty and so much anxiety around everything that was happening in the world. And so we're seeing these kind of heightened sympathetic states. And if that is persisting on a more chronic basis, that is going to make our nervous system feel less safe. And that's going to make our nervous system go into these patterns of protection or trying to create or find safety. And in a lot of cases, that comes from sort of limiting mobility. On the opposite side, we have that parasympathetic nervous system. And so that's kind of our like rest and relax. And so that's the side of the nervous system that when everything is, you know, fine and calm and people are feeling really like sort of zen or you'll often hear um, athletes like kind of talk about being in the flow and I think that is often when they're able to find like a really appropriate balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system because we want the body to be ramped up enough to be able to perform but not so ramped up that the nervous system then feels unsafe. So the parasympathetic nervous system, again, it's going to control things like breathing rate, heart rate, and things like that. But if the parasympathetic nervous system is in a more heightened state, we're going to see a decrease in things like heart rate and breathing rate. So think of it as just a more calm state of the body. The nervous system is generally going to feel much more relaxed and safe in this parasympathetic state. 
And so, again, if we're about to go on stage and need to be able to perform at 110%, we probably don't want to be in a full-on parasympathetic nervous system state, but at a more chronic level or a more long-term level, we really want to be able to tap into this parasympathetic nervous system because this is where the nervous system is going to feel most safe. And so when we think about flexibility or mobility training, mobility specifically, we really want to be accessing our parasympathetic state in order to be able to see improvements and gains within our mobility training. If we're going into these sessions and the body's in a much more sympathetic state, that sort of fight or flight state, we are not going to see the same responses to whether it's stretching or whatever types of mobility um, kind of practices you're using. We need the body to be in a more parasympathetic state. And this isn't just in regards to mobility training. This happens even if you are a clinician listening to this podcast. If we want to see changes that we are creating in treatment sessions, so say we're working with a client on, I don't know, whatever the injury or pain or problem is in their body, if we want our treatment to sort of quote unquote stick or the treatment to last and not just be a sort of fleeting effect, we need the client's body to be in a parasympathetic state in order for this to stick. And so you'll see this like from a clinician perspective where people will come in and we'll do treatment and they're like, oh yeah, I feel great. And they're like, yeah, it lasted for like a day. And then the problem came back again, or then the pain returned or whatever the issue is. And that is likely because their nervous system wasn't in an appropriate place to be able to integrate whatever treatment it was that you were offering them. And the same thing applies to dancers in a studio setting. If we have all of our dancers who are really ramped up in a sort of sympathetic state, and this can be from things outside of the studio. They might have had a stressful day at school. They might have had a fight with their friend. There might be all sorts of other things going on. But if they're coming into the studio and they're in this ramped up sympathetic state, we cannot expect to see changes being implemented. So in this case, mobility training. But this also applies to, you know, choreographic tips and cleaning and corrections and all of that type of stuff, we're not likely going to see those changes be integrated and those changes last if their nervous system is feeling unsafe in those settings. So I'm not going to get into all sort of the strategies that we can use and employ to create sort of nervous system safety, it's a whole kind of another topic on its own, and I don't want this podcast to be hours long, but it's just something to think about because as it relates to especially mobility training, we need to make sure that our dancers are in sort of a more sympathetic, or sorry, a more parasympathetic rest and relax state in order for the exercises that we're doing to be able to have an effect and be able to have a lasting effect as well. And so again, if you have these dancers who you're like, oh, we're really, really working on mobility and stretching and all of these things, and they're just not making any progress, or they're even seeming to go a little bit backwards in their progress, we may actually need to look at, okay, what is the state of their nervous system? And there's lots of, like I said, different kind of like tools that we can use to access different parts of our nervous system 
system. And one of the easiest ways of trying to ramp up the parasympathetic nervous system and to get into a more relaxed state is to use breath. And you'll hear lots about this. Um, Again, it's been like a pretty popular sort of buzz term over the last few years. But there's really good research to support breath work in terms of its effect on the nervous system and specifically the parasympathetic nervous system. And one of the easiest techniques to employ with that is by increasing the length of our exhale. So if when we are working on breathing, not just focusing on sort of deep breathing or breath work or that type of thing, but actually looking at trying to increase how long it is we're exhaling for, that can actually stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. So that could be something that you can implement if you are going into the stretching portion of your class or you have like a stretch and strength class and that's going to be the focus of the class and that type of thing and we're working on increasing mobility, maybe we spend a few minutes at the beginning really trying to make sure that the nervous system is in a appropriate state to be able to integrate these changes and to feel safe in these practices. So like I said, I'm going to get more into this on the next episode in terms of like techniques and things like that and looking more at like active mobility. But that's just one thing that you could start to play around with and start to think about is trying to play around with breath work. And even when we're actually doing so, if you are still using passive stretches while we're in those, oftentimes you'll hear people cue dancers, oh, don't forget to breathe. But we can be more intentional than that about how we are actually using the breath to really tap into that parasympathetic system. So instead of just saying, oh, don't forget to breathe, we can actually look at, okay, let's work on increasing the length of the exhale. And depending on the age or the level of dancers you're working with, you may actually need to like give them timing for that. So you can kind of count like a number of counts for breath in and then number of counts for breath out so that they're doing that while they're stretching and creating a sense of safety or calm within the nervous system. So again, that's just one example of how we can actually look at trying to use the nervous system to our advantage when we're working on trying to increase mobility within dancers. Because if the nervous system is feeling at all unsafe or dysregulated, we are not going to see the improvements that we want. And we're certainly not going to see the lasting improvements. So again, sometimes we see dancers who they'll do a stretching session, they're really warm, and they're like, I got my splits or whatever it is that they're really excited about. And then the next day, it's gone again. And they're like, wait a second, like yesterday, I could do this. And today I can't why these kind of fluctuations with mobility. And that is, again, a sign of the nervous system kind of influencing or controlling that. Because if it was only to do with muscle length or muscle sort of elasticity, we wouldn't see those fluctuations in flexibility. But when we look at mobility as a whole and include the nervous system, that's when we see these kind of fluctuations in mobility. So, I hope that's given you a little bit of food for thought in terms of how the nervous system really plays into mobility within dancers. Like I said, I think it's an area that is maybe not as well understood or not as well explored in the dance industry as it is in maybe some other sort of like athletic pursuits or other, even within sort of yoga and practices like that, I think there's a little bit more integration of the nervous system. So it's definitely an area where we want to try and 
increase awareness because not only will we see better results when we're looking at increasing mobility within dancers, but we're also going to be able to do it in a much safer way because we're going to be really relying on nervous system safety within that and creating these changes in a way that's safer for the body and has a more lasting effect for the body. So I realize that's a lot of information. If anybody has specific questions about any of that or the nervous system and how it affects mobility, please feel free to reach out. You can DM me on Instagram or Facebook at Dance Physio Erica. That's Erica with a K. You can email me at dancephysio at shaw.ca or all my contact information is in the show notes as well. If this is a topic that you are interested in learning more about and exploring more about, I am going to stick a link in the show notes for a waitlist for a flexibility program that will be coming up sometime in the next few months. I don't have all of the details of it yet, but it is going to be largely based on the nervous system and like harnessing and using the nervous system to improve or increase mobility within dancers in a really safe and effective way. So if this is something that sounds interesting to you, especially if you are a dance teacher, it's going to be aimed primarily at dance teachers. Um, Feel free to stick your name on the wait list. You'll be the first to hear about all the details when I know them. Uh, There's absolutely no obligation to register or purchase or anything with your name on the wait list, but just if you don't want to miss out on any of that, I always send out all of the information to waitlist first. So that sign up link will be in the show notes and feel free to throw your name on that. Once again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate all of your support. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend, a colleague, anybody else who you think would also find it helpful and have a great rest of your day. 